Remember to breathe. One of the most somber moments in my life was my journey crossing the border. My hardships, struggles, most desperate moments, thoughts of despair, and my rock bottom. Before I start, I know my story will be conflictive, but I want to share it anyway. My foremost asked question is why didn't I just come legally to the United States? While I wish I could have, honestly, the only answer I could think to give you is that it's really not that easy. Sure, saying it doesn't seem so difficult, but what causes people like myself and others to choose the burdensome journey is desperation. To help you better understand, I'll take you back to my hometown, Graciano Sanchez, Tamaulipas, Mexico. In my immediate family, there are seven of us, including myself. My mom, Alma, my dad, Juan, two older sisters, Sofia and Valeria, my younger sister, Gabby, a little brother, Jesus, and me, Sara. At that time, I was barely 17 years old. I am currently 26 and have a much better lifestyle. My family and I had already gone through the most stressful and tough situations since I could remember. Our lives seemed to always be hanging on by the strength of a spider's silk string. Years before, too, to be exact, I lost my best friend in a car accident and my grandparents to disease. I experienced quite a loss that year and fell into a depression. I felt as if the Grim Reaper was always lurking right around the corner waiting to take someone close to me. Like he was picking petals off of a flower. Less and less petals until finally, nothing is left. It wasn't my most proud and memorable moment, but it's one I will never forget. The ups and downs were uncontrollably painful. And I felt like I had no one. As if I was alone, even when people were around and worried about me. Like I was floating in the empty void of space with no meaning. The loss of my best friend and grandparents in the same year and only a month apart broke me in ways that can't be fixed. I didn't have time to grieve for either of them when my oldest sister suddenly became sick. We had already had enough hurt and loss to last a lifetime. I was terrified that I'd lose her too. Everyone worked endlessly to make ends meet in order to pay for medicine and medical bills. Although, even with all the effort, it still came in short of what was needed. She would remain that way for a year, and eventually I couldn't stand there watching her get worse, go broke, and not be able to do anything. For a while since she got sick, the only thing on my mind was maybe if I was on the other side of the border, I could make or do just enough to help my parents and her. That maybe I'd take a little stress off of them, lighten the load even barely. It was bouncing around in my head for months, and I couldn't bear to ask my parents or even tell them I was thinking about it. They had heard endless stories about the gruesome deaths from people trying to make a better life. When in reality, all I cared about was not losing another person so close to me. That was in October of 2011. In November, I would be turning 18. That was my chance. So I acted as though everything were normal and the next day my journey would start. The entire day, thoughts were running through my head of what could happen and of how it could go so wrong. 
If I'm being honest, I was scared to death and didn't know at all what to expect. Honestly, I had just hoped that God had and continued to hear my prayers. The clock hit 2 a.m. and I lightly kissed my family goodbye, wrote a letter to explain everything, and took off. I wanted to say goodbye to my sister, but I didn't want to show up at the hospital to tell her. And for her to worry, she has enough on her plate. My journey would last days and I would have plenty of new experiences. Like a baby learning to do everything, being clueless and innocent. Day one of what would be my two week long journey. Before leaving, I packed water and some canned food just in case I were to get hungry or thirsty. Estimated, I had brought just enough to last me four days. I also had been saving some cash because I knew that would come in handy somehow. I walked and took the bus just far enough to get me out of my hometown and to the borderline of the neighboring town. Beginning right there, that would be my last moment to turn around and just forget it. While I had a good reason to go, I also had a good reason to turn around. I thought about it, but I already began and my family would really benefit from it. So I started my voyage not knowing what would happen to me or how my family would be doing while I was gone. The entire day, I just kept repeating the words my grandfather always used to tell me. When times are low and it seems like the universe is against you in all odds, Keep your head up, my child, for there is always a bright side to things. It's just about looking hard enough and wanting to find it. I would never be able to forget those words. My first day went smoothly, which made me think that my whole journey would be the same way. Which in reality, that is far from true. My second day had a little trip up, but nothing too big. I hadn't slept at all or ate. All I did was drink water for the first two days. The third day, I'd have to eat something and get some rest. So I did just that. I more or less knew a way to the border of Mexico and always made sure I didn't get off or distracted from my focus points. I had only the clothes on my body, an extra pair for emergency, and a jacket. The late night and early dawn of the third day was when I took the chance to sleep a little. On the path I was on, all I did was find a place in the woods to lie down, where no one would see me. I'd use my book bag as a pillow and my jacket as a blanket. Approximately, I slept for five hours. Then, I got some food in my stomach and started my travels again. Fast forward. 10 days of traveling had gone pretty smoothly. Although I will admit I was exhausted. My eyes felt as though someone were trying to force them shut as if the weight of the world were on them. My feet as if I were walking on nails, pins and needles sensations all over. And my head as if it was going to explode like a nuclear bomb. Little did I know that the next four days would be the worst in my life. The food and water I had packed, I was able to ration out through 10 days of my journey. I would have to buy more before I kept going. 
At the nearest store I could find, I quickly bought what I needed and kept going. Shortly up the road, there was a train, La Bestia, and I had to run as fast as I could to catch up and get a ride to a city near the border. I was almost there. In just a few more days, I would be able to start helping my family immensely. My destination on the other side of the border was Arizona. Getting near to where I would have to hop off, I needed to start preparing myself. Because one wrong move and boom, I'm dead. I jumped off and fell into a bush filled with stickers. Just my luck, I thought. Never would I think to see what I had seen when it was the next person's time to jump off. They waited a second too long and didn't pay attention to the surroundings. They jumped and landed on top of a rebar sticking out of some bushes. It pierced right through them like a kebab. I witnessed the death right before my eyes for the first time and till this day, I'm traumatized. The person still struggled for a few seconds before going completely still. I didn't know what to do. I said a prayer and had no choice but to keep going. I couldn't stop now. I felt sorry, I really did. But I had sacrificed enough and I couldn't just throw it all away. My first day out of the four days left to travel, I ran into my first big problem. I had gotten to the border and my coyote was waiting for me. All I had to do was get past the point where border patrol wouldn't be stationed. I was nervous and I kept saying to myself, remember to breathe over and over again. It seemed to calm me down, but just as I was about to cross through the river, Rio Bravo, to step foot into the United States, I heard a man's voice a few hundred feet behind me yell to some other people. They had seen me. The border patrol had been tipped off that there would be some illegals trying to get across that night at that point. I ran for my life, dodging them in every way I could possibly think of. I had finally lost them, but in the process, I ended up in the wrong place. My coyote could only wait so long, and if you didn't make it, you're on your own. I tried to get there, but I got to the spot half an hour later than the indicated time. I'd have to find my own way now. The second day, I was still walking, my feet throbbing in agony and not knowing where to go. My mind and thoughts were filled with emotions of being scared, nervous, worried, anything you can name, I'll bet you I was feeling it. There was so much feeling of regret that maybe there was just no point. That day was another low point in my life. I thought about just staying in the middle of nowhere and lying there to die. I had hit rock bottom. I saw no point in anything anymore. I didn't even know where I was. The only thing keeping me going was my family. I did all this to help them. I don't just get to give up. Doing what I did was the only thing that could help them. While I was gone, bills were piling up more and more. I decided to sleep that night and go at it again the next day. Finally, the third day came. 
and I was just so ready to get this torture trip over with. I felt as though all the struggle I was going through was my bad karma. When in reality, it's like that for anyone crossing. I happened to actually have the light load of the infinite lists of things that could have happened to me. The third day was halfway over and I said to myself, thank God today there have been no problems. I didn't realize I had just jinxed myself. An hour after I said that, I ran into a gang in New Mexico. They just happened to be the most ruthless gang known there. I repeated to myself in my head nonstop, God, please be with me and protect me. I caught their attention for some reason. They started pushing me around, hitting me, kicking me, saying slurs, and calling me a worthless wetback. All the while, I begged them to stop. I had to come up with something that would make sense as to why I looked how I did and what I was doing there. The only thing I could come up with was that I was pregnant. I yelled for them to stop and finally yelled that I was pregnant. They stopped to look at me. And I said, I just found out a few days ago. They asked why I looked homeless. I told them I was kicked out of my house and had been wandering ever since. I saw that they honestly didn't care and were going to start hitting me again. When I saw that, I pulled the leftover money I had with me out. It was roughly $200. My instinct told me to, and I said, here, take it, but please leave me alone. Hesitantly, they took it and told me to get out of their sight before they changed their minds. Again, I ran for my life, spilling blood everywhere as if it were a crime scene and bawling my eyes out until there was no tears left to cry. I couldn't keep going. I had to rest no matter how badly I wanted to get to my destination already. I slept through to mid-morning on the fourth day in an abandoned alleyway. I was so close to what would be my new start of life. My fourth and last day of travel was overall smooth, except for the fact that I was robbed and stabbed. At that point, I was just so tired and used to the torture that I looked for a bright side, like my grandfather always said. I tried to fight off the muggers, but it was three against one, not to mention an 18-year-old girl against three grown men. I gave up everything I had, even the shoes off my feet. I didn't go down without a fight either. I didn't give up. I knew I was so close to where I needed to be to help my family. I felt it in my gut. I had only gotten stabbed twice and not deep enough to where I would have to be hospitalized. Since I missed my chance with the coyote, I had been finding my way by asking locals how to get to Arizona. Once in Arizona, I had to resort to trying to find a ride to my destination. After three hours, asking and trying to hitch a ride, I finally got one. They turned out to be going just 10 minutes out of where I needed to present myself. I was perfectly happy to walk only 10 minutes compared to days of travel in order to get to where I would be housed. I settled in and began working almost immediately. I worked in the fields during weekends and in construction during weekdays. 
After the first week, I was able to buy myself new clothes and shoes. I had been wearing borrowed sneakers and used the same clothes all week. All I could do was wash them. Sometimes I'd even have to put them on still wet from the washer. I spent only $50 on me and sent the rest of my money to my family. After a month of working, I was able to buy myself the cheapest phone available just so I could get in touch with my parents. I was filled with joy to hear their voices. I could tell they were worried sick. They thought I died. I assured them I was fine, but I didn't dare mention what I had gone through. I told them it all went smoothly and I couldn't get in touch with them because I had lost the phone I had originally brought with me and I wasn't allowed to speak with anyone during my journey. I spent hours talking to them. I didn't even sleep that night. They told me they had been getting the money I was sending and they started paying off the bills little by little and were even able to take my sister to a better hospital. It turned out she had an autoimmune disease and there wasn't a cure. There still isn't. She would have to be in and out of hospitals, but many of her symptoms could be treated. I was glad to find out she would somewhat be okay and that her disease would be managed. Later on in life, I would become an American citizen and even get my family to fix papers and come live with me. All my hardships and struggles were worth it. While there are so many more things I could tell, that's it for this story. I hope you got something out of it. Maybe it made you realize you should be grateful for any and everything. Or maybe that even when things are hard, there is always a reason and a bright side. Or that life is a gift and you should simply take advantage of it.